When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a new era of the podcast to be named later. I am your old new host, Eddie Provident. I'm back. That's right. If you haven't heard, Eddie Provident is back on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network with my good friend, Pirates Knowledge Haver, Bradenton, Florida resident for the time being, Alex Stump, what is going on, buddy? It's good to talk some baseball with you. It's good to be back with you, man. It's just just good to talk sports again. I'm I'm excited to be here. It is, and we can give a little behind the scenes here. I I texted a group chat about how I was going to be adding a co-host here, and then like pretty quickly, Eddie shot me an individual message like, yeah. "Hey, so uh, if you're looking for someone, because Eddie, me." We're friends in real life. You know, yes, it's, it's not just, it wasn't just a work thing. We're friends in real life. And it kind of hit me. Like, we never, I don't even think for a single episode, recorded no. anything together. No, that's why I was even hesitant to say new old host because I, I never did anything with podcasts to be named later. I was on with Gary and Jim a few times and talked pirates with them on, uh, you know, on their show, but I didn't, uh, I didn't really do anything with you. And it's crazy that I didn't. Uh, and you know, I, I left on, on pretty solid terms I, you know, there was no bad blood or anything like that. It was just, you know, I had to take care of some personal stuff and, you know, kind of readjust my life a little bit. And, and, and that's a, honestly, I'll, I'll use that as just a, a shout out to you, Alex, because it's, you know, the, the reporter life is hard, man. It, it's a grind. And yeah. I don't think people realize what goes into it behind the scenes and what kind of sacrifices you have to make to be good at that job. And I just wasn't in a place to where I could do that. But I still love the Pirates. I still love sports in general. And I, and I wanted to come back around. And, you know, the you know, the platform was here and, and Alex needed a guy. So, uh, or, or girl, I, but you know, it ended up being a guy, an ugly guy. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, so we, we, uh, we made it happen and I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited to talk some baseball with you and, uh, just in the nick of time too, because we've got some, uh, there's a lot of big news going on in baseball. We've got a pitch clock for the first time in the major leagues ever, uh, which I love personally. Um, but we also, we've also got some, uh, some big news on the uh, baseball consumption front, because uh, if you've been living under a rock, um, AT&T sports is going to be going away here, man. And uh, you know, you can get into the details here, but What's that going to mean for Pirates fans and Penguins fans? I mean, you know, we're, we're going to catch the Pirates side of this, but, you know, 
is there finally going to be a streaming platform? Is there, you know, is it going to go, you know, back to just another cable channel? Like, how is this going to work? And are you hearing anything? Like, what's, what's the team want? Uh, What's the team's thoughts on this? And like, what are you hearing down in Bradenton now that this is kind of all uh, materializing? Well, the big thing is the team and the league in general kind of knew a day like this was eventually going to come. Mm -hmm. That the cable model is probably outdated. And that's why for 18 months, you know, I, I talked to Bob Nutting briefly about this for 18 months. The Pirates have been really searching different avenues, opportunities to try to figure out what's the best way to distribute games to the masses. Because, look, we can say this is two millennials. The easiest for us would be to just stream the games. Yeah, and absolutely. It, if there are no cable rights, no RSNs to get in the way, you can get rid of blackouts. That's something that Rob Manfred said at, uh, at the Grapefruit League Media Day uh, last month. You know, that's a goal for this league, and that's a good goal for this league. That's something that's been hurting, you know, growing the sport for a little bit. So it's good to hear the commissioner acknowledge that, it, that this is something that needs to change. It's an opportunity to do it. But you can't also ignore the fact that there are going to be a lot of people who watch Pirates baseball, who aren't, A, willing to go to a a streaming service, or B, just might not be as technologically literate to do it every single time. So there's a big problem there. You will be able to watch Pirates opening day on cable TV. That is a given. After that, there's still a lot of stuff to work out. There's, is it going to remain on cable? Maybe. Is it going to go to a different station? Is it going to just become in-house productions? Like that's something that Major League Baseball is considering. Just everything goes under the MLB TV uh, umbrella. So there's some there's a lot of work to be done. Don't have a whole lot of like actual definitive. This blank is going to happen as a recording right now. Uh, we're still waiting. Maybe they team up. up with the Penguins, though. Yeah, you there. They're on you'd, with AT and T Sportsnet too. Yeah, you brought that up before the uh, before we started recording. Uh, the idea of something like an MSG Plus uh, on the Pittsburgh side of things. Um, explain MSG Plus for those because I'm not super. Um, I'm not super aware yeah. of it. Like I, I know what it is. I know it's multiple teams, but uh, for, for the, for myself and the listeners that don't know what MSG plus is, um, why don't you explain what that is and, and how it works and like how that could be a viable option for the pirates and maybe even the penguins. Yeah. I mean, this was just announced on Wednesday that look, there's, some, there's going to be, someone has to be the first one through the wall. Uh, MSG networks, are going to be coming together so you can stream uh, Knicks games, Rangers games, Buffalo Sabres games, and New Jersey Devils games. And it's all one package. And it's either going to be $30 a month or a little over $300 annually. And they also give you the option of if you just want one game, you can get it for like 10 bucks, which I don't see anyone going through that. Yeah. But you know, if you really only care about one of the teams, 10 bucks. <laughs> Might not yeah. be bad, you know. It, it's a casual. I think that's a casual fan thing, or like a situation like mine, yeah. where you know, if they offered something like that, and say I'm on the road, I, I don't have, you know, I don't have any kind of other option, or you know, I'm not a a big Pirates fan, but you know, just want to tune into a game. Maybe there's a, a cool matchup, or there's a big mm-hmm. event happening. Um, you know, maybe you know. 
maybe O'Neill Cruz is going for the home run record. And, uh, and, and I want to watch that one game, you know, that I can see a situation where there, you know, that that would be a viable option, but I don't think that would be a popular option. I, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be doing the monthly and the annual thing if it is that way. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think this is a testament to how, uh, media consumption in general, especially on the, in the sports world is just changing. I, I mean, I don't have a cable. Uh, I have internet through Verizon and that's it. I, I don't have a cable mm-hmm. package. I, you know, I have Fubo TV. It's a streaming. It's basically cable, but streaming. Um, and I have, you know, Netflix and YouTube premium and all the, and, and you know, I just, it kind of equals out to having a cable uh, package. But to me, there's, it, it's a little bit more, um, you know, phone friendly, uh, and it's just, it's a lot easier to use. And I think that that is how all of these sports teams are going to start looking at things is, uh, and, and the leagues are going to say, you know what, um, the day and age of terrestrial cable is just, it's, it's going away and it's just not going to be a thing anymore. And I think that the other big thing with this is going to be advertising, Alex, um, you know, the Nielsen ratings are not, uh, accurate at all. Uh, if you, if you don't know how the Nielsen ratings work, uh, it's basically random boxes and areas. And that's so like maybe one box, I think it's for every 500 TVs. Uh, so it's not a, a real, um, look, it's not a clear picture of what people are actually watching. So streaming services, uh, are able to collect that data a lot better than, than cable providers. And so I think that that's going to be a big thing is this is going to be what advertisers want as well, because they can get more, uh, defined and accurate reporting on who's watching what. Yeah. And that's going to be a big part of whatever goes on here because look, these teams got these huge cable deals, like even the pirates, like the report out of the sports uh, business journal, said the Pirates were raking in $60 million from their rights deals, media rights deals, which is a lot of money considering the market and everything. Yeah. Like that's a more than respectable chunk of change. Frank Coonley did good on the way out. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, we've just seen it so many times throughout the league that it's like something is going to happen eventually and the fact that this is happening at the same time that diamond sports in bali is is going bankrupt i I don't know if they're officially bankrupt at this time or they're just on the verge with no plan to get out of it like just accepting that they will go bankrupt it's going to create a paradigm shift and like i said for us millennials this might be better for us it might create a more fan friendly, easier way to consume baseball, but we can't ignore that baseball is a sport that demographics wise tends to skew older and you can't alienate those people. So while the cable model is probably outdated in terms of like survival business, there there has to be something like that, which is why I, I don't have anything to really base it off of. I wouldn't be shocked if the pirates are still on a cable network. Yeah, I think they will be. I think it's going to be a while before we see cable go away. Um, But I do think streaming opens up two more uh, two more things that we haven't talked about yet. One of them is a question for you. And the other one is just an observation. Um, 
augmented reality and virtual reality. Uh, we're seeing the NFL, we're seeing soccer, we're seeing uh, even the NHL is starting to get into the augmented reality thing um, where, you know, you can be watching a game and tap on a player or tap on something on the field and it will actually interact with you uh, in game. Right. Uh, with the puck tracking and hockey with, the, you know, with all the different things that they have to offer now, uh, we're seeing that. And I think that that is something cool that baseball can do. Um, it's not as, uh, you know, it's, it's not as fast pace as other sports, but I still think that there's some cool things that they could do with augmented reality uh, that you can do on a streaming platform that you just wouldn't be able to do uh, on a cable platform because of how the, uh, the consumer interacts with the product uh, on a tablet, on a phone, you know, it's a lot easier to, you know, have a touch screen and, and do those kind of things. So I think that that's something that's going to be an open door now as we move into more streaming. But the second thing I want to ask you is based off of something that you said earlier about po the potential and, you know, not that this is absolutely going to happen, but the idea that this could be something that, um, is on MLB TV. So just like everybody would be under one umbrella on MLB TV. Do you think something like that would even the playing field as far as, uh, you know, payroll goes in baseball? Because if you put the Dodgers, for example, uh, on MLB TV and maybe their, their TV rights deal isn't as lucrative that kind of brings them down a little and maybe that bumps the pirates up a little bit. And there might be some kind of revenue sharing that they could do there. Is that something that you see as a possibility if it went that route or am I just uh, trying it, to be too much of a hopeful pirates fan? I, I would, it, it might a little, but like the Yankees own. Yes. The Dodgers right. own their station too. So it's, it's one of those situations that the teams that have these, virtually unlimited payrolls they can just yeah. it's they're printing money yeah i mean um, it, we, we can speculate that you know it helps the pirates rise a little closer compared to like some of the other smaller mid-market teams not named sure. san diego but <laughs> yeah it's at it's, the end of the day yeah well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be something that we're going to have to keep an eye on as, you know, people that are in the media, uh, consumers of the sport, fans of the sport. Uh, it is going to change the way we watch baseball without a doubt. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some on-field stuff to talk about. Uh, you know, it's fun to talk about the business side of baseball, but, uh, you know, the Pirates have played games this week, Alex. You've covered those games, and uh, we've seen some things. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk uh, Buckos baseball on the field. Back to the Pirates podcast to be named later. I'm your host, Eddie Provident, with the one and only uh, newer of all things Pirates baseball, Alex Stump. Alex, uh, you uh, you know you wanted to talk about O'Neill Cruz. I always want to talk about O'Neill Cruz. Uh, what's going on with the shortstop position? Uh, what are you seeing down there? What are you seeing from O'Neill? What are you seeing with that position? You know, you mentioned backup shortstops. Uh, you know, what, what's what's that? 
you know, you talked about Key Bryan last week, you know, so we're not going to go through the whole left side of the infield, but that, that position specifically shortstop, what's going on with it? Yeah, it's, it, well, first it's Cruz's position. And that's something <laughs> you don't, that you we, don't think, you don't think somebody's going to fight. It was going to come in there and take it away from him. No, I don't think so. Not. Yeah. Point. I don't think so either. Not it's either. Cruz's position. And I think it needs to be stressed why it's Cruz's position, because I, I think this, you report. don't want to see him play in the outfield. Well, I'm, no. ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, People, I, uh, don't, I promise. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Shortstop O'Neill Cruz. That's a little bit of a sore subject. I remember what this time <laughs> last year. Um, no, it, I think it's important to explain why he's going to be shortstop is because last year I, I heard this from multiple coaches. There were few guys at Fetty on this team that did more extra drill work, you know, not only fielding, but also hitting, you know, the work that went in. Then Cruz, like the guy wants to be a shortstop. He really wants to be a shortstop. He is working like he wants that job. You also can't ignore the errors. And I get that. And the Pirates didn't ignore them. They brought in a new infield coach in Mendy Lopez, really working on the footwork. My goodness, has that been stressed? Eyeballing it, it looks like it has taken a step in the right direction. That's good. I also get people's concern. And why I got this, I, I get this question so often about who is the backup shortstop. Because there is that lingering fear of this guy just can't do it defensively. And he's either going to have to go to the outfield or he's got the DH or something. In which case, you want to know who the backup plan is. And I get that. And if we're talking about in the system, it, it's probably Leo or Piguero. Like if Cruz got hurt or something happened, like it, it's probably him. But what about opening day? What about over the course of the season? Someone out of Rodolfo Castro, G. Juan Bay, and Tucapita Marcano are going to play second base. They're going to have more or less the official starting second base job. I believe it's going to be Castro, but it's a competition. I think whoever loses that, and I'm going to throw Chris Owings into this second one as a non-roster guy, they're also going to make the team because they need some sort of backup infielder or utility player. And all four mm-hmm. of those guys could do that role. So throw them at shortstop. Hayes, if necessary, can go to shortstop. Mid-season, whenever Jerry Chiolo has some reps at AAA, he could get called up. He could be a backup shortstop. They, they have options there. And they even have a decent contingency plan if Cruz just shows that he can't do it in Piguero. But focusing on the backup, I, I, and I only bring this up because I've gotten this question so many times. I feel like it's it, you're you're missing the forest for the trees mm-hmm. in this. Like this guy, Cruz, even if he's not a great defensive shortstop, even if he, he just has to be bad, right? Eddie. So, so that, he just that has was, to be bad. That was going to be and my question. You to have you. a generational player here, yeah, potentially. That, that was going to be my question to you because we're talking about a guy that can be, not only be 30 30 club, this guy has an outside chance, uh, but a real chance at like a 40 40 club with his speed, his power. Uh, I mean, we've all seen it. I, I don't have to explain O'Neill Cruz to anybody that's listening to this podcast. So, my, my take on this is how, like, as good as this dude is going to be offensively and as good as he already is offensively, what is that? Like, what's the, 
the bare bones, like basement level acceptance of his defense. For me, I'm with you. He just has to be below average. Like it, it doesn't have to be anything more than below average. If you get average shortstop play out of O'Neill Cruz with the offensive numbers that we all think and expect him to put up, you're right, dude. He he is a perennial all-star. That that is, I mean, that's his that's what it that's what it shakes out to be. I'm not worried about the defense. We saw him last year. Yeah, he makes errors, but we also saw him because of the size and the speed that he has make plays that no other shortstop in Major League Baseball can make. So it's a give and a take. Yeah, the arm strength is unreal, man. So there's a give and take there. Yeah, he's going to have some errors, but he's also going to make up for that by making plays that literally no other shortstop in baseball can can make other than him because of the the gifts that he has. Yeah, I mean, look. He's never going to be Jack Wilson. He's never going to be uh, Alex Rodriguez. He's never going to be these great defensive shortstops. But that's okay with the offense that he brings. Case in in point is Tatis. He is a terrible – I mean, he's probably not going to play shortstop this year because he screwed it all up. Right. But whenever he was with the Padres, he was a poor, bad defensive shortstop. But we never hear about that. Yeah, because the offense produced that much. He was still this impact player. He was still a 6-7 war player, I believe, even mm-hmm. with bad defense. You can overcome that. And yes, look, if he could be a, an average or good fielder on top of that, my goodness, this guy all of a sudden goes from last year, which was you know a very toolsy, occasionally a very exciting player, to, you know... This year, I think a lot of people were expecting him to take that next step. Maybe he forced with an all-star appearance. If he becomes a good fielder, it's like, okay, this guy's an MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. It it just elevates one step further and further and further. It's the potential he brings to offense at a premium position. And it's why it's so important why you can't just throw the guy out into the outfield. Because you can find, look, 30-30, is incredibly rare. But if you do find those guys, they're usually outfielders. Yeah, you find that. You hardly ever find them as a shortstop. Yeah. Like whenever we're talking shortstop, we're talking like A-Rod in that. That's basically it. it, Here's the other thing for me about keeping him at shortstop rather than moving him to the outfield. Look at the outfielders that this team has on their roster right now. Look, I'm not saying that this is is a, a great baseball team, but they've got Jack Sawinski. They've got mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds. They've got yep. Andrew McCutcheon. Tucapito Marcano may play some outfield. So, you know, and I know I'm forgetting guys right now because I'm Bay, rolling off the top. Smith yeah, J1, Jimba, Swaggerty. Yeah. Yeah. Like Swaggerty and Smith and Jimba, those are the two that I'm really excited about seeing them so far. I want to see more of them in, in uh, spring training, but I, I like what I see from those guys. So you've got – we just rattled off five or six names of outfielders, Okay. I don't, especially those first three, Sawinski, McCutcheon, uh, Reynolds, I don't want to take any of those off, any of those guys out of the outfield in order to get O'Neill Cruz into the outfield. Right. Because then yeah, maybe Cutch starts- is a DH, but yes, like that, that that's the point. Right. Even if it's not him, like we could extend this further to the Matt Gorskis of the right. world. The, the, like this team should not have problems 
difficulty fielding three outfielders. I'm thinking back yeah. to 2021, whenever they're like, Wilmer Defoe has to learn the outfield. And it Cole should Tucker be has an to above, learn the outfield. It should be an above average outfield too. Uh, with, yeah. with who they have there. If I mean, everybody even, takes next steps. Not even only above average. You got three above average outfielders. It's yeah. like the, it's like the movie. If you have a movie with 20 good seeds and no bad one, you don't just have a good movie. You have a really good movie. Exactly. So I, you know, the idea of moving him away from shortstop, even putting him at DH, I don't like that because he offers. So he does offer a skill set in the field. He, again, if you, can ignore errors for a second. There is a skill set there that you're wasting by putting him at DH, in my opinion. You know, I, I just think that there's yeah. too much there. Like you said, the the cannon of an arm that he has, why sit that on the bench, you know, a half inning a game you know, when you could be using that some way, somehow, you know, I, I just, I, it doesn't make sense to me to, to put him anywhere other than shortstop right now. Let him play his way out of shortstop. Yeah. And again, I'm going to reemphasize this. I'll give, I'll give pirates a ton of credit for this. They saw the work that he put in. They saw the desire and their reaction was, okay, we're going to give you a chance, but you need to get better. We're going to give you a new resource in Mendy Lopez for you to try to get better. We're going to give you the tools. You got to put it together though. Like that's, that's pretty much all a team could realistically do for a player. At some yeah. point, the players got to click and make that step, that chance their own. And like Cruz is the type of guy who is going to work hard to try to stay there. The ingredients are there. It just needs to come together. It is, it is, it's just the overall one overarching question of could Kevin Durant learn the work you need to play short? <laughs> there it is. Uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap things up on the Pirates podcast to be named later. Stick around. Alex and myself will be back right after this. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast. We name later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eddie Provident. With me, as always, is Alex Stump. Alex, I listen, I this might be a stupid question. This might prove to everybody that I haven't really been following the Pirates this offseason as closely as maybe uh, I would like to, just because of everything that's been going on in my life. But I have a question that I texted you and you didn't answer, and I want an answer. So now that I've got you cornered, I'm asking my question. Okay. Brian Reynolds in left field. Yeah. Why? It's a good question. It's definitely on the table. We're going to see it more in 2023. That doesn't mean that Reynolds isn't going to get reps in center field. He's probably still even the starting center fielder could be considered that. But a couple factors into that. One is Reynolds had a very poor defensive season last year. And I'm of the opinion, I did a mound visit on this back in October, maybe November on this, that I think last year, the defensive, you know, those metrics were kind of exaggerated because he excels on making the play in, you know, coming in on the ball. And for whatever reason, he just didn't get as many opportunities to do that in 2022 
compared to 2021. So I think there's some bad, bad ball data. Maybe you move him back a step or two to try to put more balls in front of him. Whatever the case may be, I think there were just some weird factors that were out of his control and that he could still be a decent, if not good, center fielder. With that said, it's been long believed (laughs) in the organization that if he moved to left, he's a gold glover. So Pirates have... A couple guys who could play center. Jack Swinsky's getting reps there. He's fast. He has good range. He grades out pretty well in every metric for an outfielder. Uh, I chatted with Jiwon Bay for a little bit. He said that he's most comfortable now at second base and center field. Like those are his two positions. It's a way to maybe get Bay into the lineup more often, but they have some options. Matt Gorski is very speedy, even though I I suspect we're going to see him more at first base as the season goes on. Mm -hmm. They have options in center field, and they're a little spooked with the really sudden downplay of of Reynolds' defensive stats last year. I guess here's, here's my thing with it, Alex. He is right now... I, I uh, he's either the the best or second best player on your baseball team. Yeah, best. Okay, if O'Neill Cruz pans out the way we think he could, he becomes the second best player on the baseball team. But he's either one or two. Okay, he's going to be one or two this season, all season. They have already pissed him off <laughs> in some way, shape, or form with the yep. whole contract negotiation. I guess my question is, and, and maybe I'm looking at this too much from a human standpoint, why piss him off more? Why mess with him more and put him in left field? You know, I, I suspected that was going to just be the case, but no. I mean, he's a pirate. Derek Shelton is still his manager. And I, I will say, like Reynolds, for the issues he, he has, his issues are not with Derek Shelton. It's not with the coaching staff. He hit with yeah. Andy Haynes, you know, <laughs> three, four times a week this offseason because they were yeah. close. You know, like even sure. whenever he first made the request, he just kept going with it. His issue is not with the coaching staff. So if this is a coaching staff decision, then I guess it's a lot easier to swallow the pill. Okay. That that makes sense. I I, I accept that answer. That, yeah. That's cool. I am putting a couple words into Brian's mouth there, but that's just my understanding of everything. (laughs) You know, help the ball club, I think would be the answer if if I did ask him. That's fair. And that that is a very Brian Reynolds answer too. I mean, I I can see him saying that. I can hear it with a very low voice. Just help the ball club. That is a bad, that is a bad Brian Reynolds. I don't do, I don't do impressions well. That's, I'm not in this. Next week, be sure to tune in. I'm going to make Eddie do impressions every yeah. week until he nails one. There we go. Uh, it's been fun, Alex. It's been it's been good to be back. Uh, I've missed this. I've I've missed the DK Pittsburgh sports family, um, all of the listeners and subscribers. I, I've missed it all. Uh, so this has really been fun for me to come back. Uh, looking forward to doing this this baseball season with you and um, you know stick around next week come back same buck go time I'll come up with something we, we're working on it okay we're working here, here. I, I've got it coming <laughs> off here it's okay just tell right. you have, I'll, just I'll you never it. listened to the show before it's fine I'll hand it to Alex for the sign off thank you so much for listening we'll talk again next week